Hey, Ethan. Hey, John. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. It's uh, planning and budgeting season, so I'm trying to get ready for that. Yeah, so uh, I'm getting a raise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, moving on to our guests, right? <laughs> Today's going to be a good episode, I think. Today's going to be a great episode. It's topical, too, and I think a lot of you will be interested. Welcome to Sweet Life TV, your one-stop tech talk where we discover the best business tools with the experts behind them. Film live on set at Guru's headquarters in Montreal. Guru Solutions is North America's largest Oracle NetSuite ERP services provider. Visit their website at gurusolutions.com with your hosts, Ethan Bozoglu and John Serino. Hi guys, welcome to Sweet Life TV. Uh, today's topic is going to be planning and budgeting hell and how to get out of it. Uh, for our guests, we have Jerry Lynn and Matthew J. So Jerry Lynn has actually helped uh, countless entrepreneurs and businesses across Canada and the U.S. Uh, with a background, uh, with a background in financials and psychology, she's worked at large names like PricewaterhouseCoopers Financial Services Group, Bell Canada as their director of finance, as well as Kesta Depot as their director of investments and their venture venture capital arm. Uh, Kesta Depot, for those of you who don't know, is the largest, uh, the second largest pension fund in Canada. And to answer some of the questions that you might have, we also have Matthew J, who is our internal expert in the subject matter of planning and budgeting tools and technologies. So welcome both. Uh, Thank welcome you. to Sweet Life TV. <laughs> uh, really happy that you guys took the time out of your busy schedules to come and talk to us about planning and budgeting. Great Definitely. to have you guys on. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. So what I really like about this combination of having you both on, right, is we have someone who's knee deep in, in planning and budgeting, mm -hmm. um, someone who, who's been through it, who, who has all the information on the pain points, the challenges, the successes. And then, you know, Matthew J, I love that you can sit in with us and talk about uh, addressing some of these pain points through technology mm -hmm. and through For some sure. of the tools that are out there. Right. So... You know, I think I'm going to start right away with uh, a question for you, Jerry Lynn, is uh, where does annual planning and budgeting become complicated for most companies? So this is the time of year when budgeting is uh, at its peak because most of the companies have year ends of December 31st. So we are knee deep in it, as you have said. Um, the CFO and the finance group are at a crossroads where uh, they're managing information going back and forth between departments. Um, oftentimes there is no communication between those departments. In fact, what happens is they'll receive information from say a sales group uh, with a certain set of assumptions. They then have to turn around and manage whatever assumptions those have been used with the say HR group. Um, we wind up unfortunately managing a whole bunch of versions of information and uh, usually in different formats, different assumptions, and uh, it becomes a real headache after a while. I can imagine. Yeah. And I love that you brought up those points and I see that a lot when I look and work with companies and they talk kind of about how everybody ends up working in their own kind of silos, right? They all focus on their own little departments and unfortunately it doesn't allow for everyone to collaborate together. So. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of the challenges, I would imagine on that note, are the right. departments submitting uh, things late or um, at the last minute or even 
making mistakes in their processes. You know, just to jump in there, I think uh, really interesting to note, and you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about this. Uh, John, you as a marketing director uh, are the perfect example of this because I feel like a CFO's role becomes really unique because your role is basically overseeing what's happening in all the departments financially and budget-wise, whereas you know every department is more concerned in how do I manage my department, what am I planning for, what is my end goal. So it's interesting because from a CFO's perspective, at the end of the day, they have to deal with those numbers and certain, not to say prejudices, but you know, every single department has their own goal and their own desires at the end of the day. And you have to sort of reconcile that with where your number is at and the reality of how things are going. That's absolutely true. In fact, contingency is a, is kind of a funny word in a, uh, in a life of a CFO because that's something that usually, in my experience at least, has been taken at the department level. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that a, um, save and except for some, some special circumstances, uh, I don't think that CFOs typically put contingencies on top of things that mm-hmm. we're often looking for where others have put contingencies. Now there are some situations which might happen where um, something has been decided after the fact. We're going to um, invest a material amount of money in some kind of sales mm-hmm. and marketing effort that's been done after the budget has been prepared, that could happen. So we would tack on to that perhaps. But most of the time, what we're looking for is reasonability. So when you combine all of those individually prepared um, budgets from the departments, you have to look at it at a top level and see, does this make sense overall as a business? And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't, oftentimes the CFO is, uh, at least by reputation and in practice, winds up cutting. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like I'm sitting here listening to this and I'm thinking about tackling those issues or or those challenges through solutions. And Matthew J, I imagine you're sitting here and you're familiar with all of what Jerry Lynn just said from a very (laughs) different perspective. Definitely. So a lot of these things that she's been mentioning are all very common. And I love the fact that she brought up things like versioning and the collaboration piece and these are really big points at today everybody seems to have that need that requirement and that that wish and one of the big things that start off with softwares is they want to be able to be reporting and doing their budgeting on reliable data too so a lot of companies nowadays have different silos of information everywhere across their company the marketing department will have their own information and the hr department will have their own information and one of the goals of softwares like um, nspb is to bring that information together, have it there in one place, hope that it's all reliable from all the different sources that you're gonna be getting at, and then be able to report on this kind of stuff and create versions like worst case scenarios, best case scenarios. So you mentioned NSPB and you know, for, for viewers who don't know what that mm-hmm. acronym means, it's uh, NetSuite Planning and Budgeting, right? Right. Uh, which is you know, admittedly what we do at Guru Solutions. Mm-hmm. We sell ERP and NetSuite as a solution. Um, and can you talk to me a little bit about what are some of the most used tools within NetSuite or, or any digital tools that, that you're familiar with that gauge the expectations for spend and a lot mm. of the topics that Jerry Lynn touched on? Right. So one of the points that came up very often with customers is they want to be able to provide their 
employees with the abilities to do what they need to be able to do, but not see what other people are doing. So security was a huge thing. Um, and that comes across is very important for a lot of companies because HR, you don't want company uh, the departments like marketing to be able to see what your HR side is doing, right? So mm-hmm. um, that was one big talking point that came up pretty often. And, you know, from what I what I understand and a little bit of research that I've done prior to this episode is that uh, a big struggle that a lot of executive teams deal with is that, you know, they'll be working out of the same spreadsheet and oftentimes someone will build something, uh, they'll format it and someone also go in and break it and that could just ruin the whole thing and oftentimes lead to them restarting the whole process yeah. at, at a time that I imagine is already stressful as it is. Correct. So the fact that you're using a software that's robust, that's built for that kind of stuff wouldn't uh, wouldn't be a concern when you mm-hmm. use softwares yeah. that have those restrictions. Yeah, and you know we're we're sitting here talking about planning and budgeting, and the contingencies you mentioned, Jerilyn, are certainly part of the planning part. Uh, but you know, for for viewers, why are we having this conversation? What are some of the detriments to not getting it right? Basically, what happens when planning doesn't meet reality? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, so there's two two ways that can happen. One is there's a change in the business, and one there's just um, a a tool problem, or there's something wrong with the way that the budget has been. It's a simple error. It's, it hasn't accumulated properly. So um, in in that case where there's an error, and uh, and for some reason you've identified that. Um, that causes some some big problems. I mean, uh, and and it happens because, as you've pointed out, spreadsheets uh, uh, are always running around uh, the organization <laughs> um, looking for a home. And unfortunately, finance is managing multiple versions, as I mentioned before. Mm. Uh, when that winds up happening, um, sometimes you could just take the wrong one, or you take a wrong formula, or you break the formula. Or... So that's one thing. When um, when budget isn't met because of business reasons, um, typically a company would have to reforecast or rebudget um, if it's material. That is, so in doing that, you start that whole process all over again, and it is bad enough to happen once in the uh, fiscal year, but to happen more than once is really not a good thing for people to. Uh, have to put aside time to do. So this is a question for both of you, as I feel you both have a, a pretty solid perspective on this. Why do why do companies still keep the same systems that you know aren't working year after year, right? If spreadsheets break and if it's so much trouble and can oftentimes lead to, I imagine, being more expensive in the long run if you have to restart two, three, four times, why is it that companies are still running on the same systems and aren't looking for technologies? Do you feel that it's because they don't know what's out there or simply because you feel there's still a gap in the technology market? Like people mm-hmm. have been using Excel sheets for a long period of time. They have that flexibility there. They're used to it. Everybody knows how to use it. 
my mom, my dad, my whole family, my grandparents know how to use Excel sheets because it's so simple. Whereas sometimes there's this there's this thought that when you go and use a software, there might be some technical stuff mm -hmm. and they're worried about changing. It's the learning curve. It's the yes. learning curve, yeah. And it's like you wear your same white t-shirt all the time. You don't suddenly want to change away and break off to wear something, a suit another day, right? You no, kind I got of you. Get put into a trench and you get stuck there and sometimes you need something to break you out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I love what you said there, like your grandparents then to use spreadsheets. And I'm yeah. thinking, not my grandparents, but uh, <laughs> I'm just showing my, I, I think that just shows my age more than anything else. So it's interesting. One of the most highly researched questions we've seen through Google is, you know, what is, uh, what is contingency budgeting and how does contingency budgeting work within a company? And I think maybe you can speak to that from a CFO perspective. So the budgeting process is complicated enough as it is you accumulate a mm -hmm. set set of assumptions and you, then you drive them upward and of course as i mentioned before it's difficult to manage that when you're doing contingency budgeting you're adding on the layer of the what if mm -hmm. what if something else material happens that may or may not go according to plan um, so not only at that point are you managing one budget but you actually have to manage multiple budgets this becomes increasingly complicated. So what was originally a little bit difficult before mm -hmm. now really becomes a, a difficult thing to manage. You have to make sure that you understand clearly what, for example, is your headcount under one scenario versus the other and make sure you, everything is kept straight. But it is a, we at Gurus have done that before um, where we've only managed maximum of two. And I can tell you that in our life, it has been a, a, a incredible challenge to be able to do that, even from a company our size. So I can imagine larger companies having difficulty in doing that as well. And I'd love to chime in here from a technology perspective. I mean, we see now how the softwares are trying to build and they continue to build. And even the one that we're working with here at Gruz is they're becoming more adaptable. They want the user to be able to go in at any point and be able to do what if situations and scenarios whenever they want to and whenever they have the ability to do so. Uh, so I don't want people to feel like, oh, we're limited and once we finalize the budget, we can't go back and adjust. You always have the ability to do so nowadays. Um, the softwares continue to hear what CEOs and CFOs and management say, uh, and that's what drives them to continue to build their software. I mean, the technology is certainly helpful, but I mean, at what point does the technology play a role in, in the executive decision-making process? Once the strategic plan is decided and, and nailed by the, uh, the executive team, um, it's then up to the CFO to manage and coordinate the whole execution part. Uh, technology is right at the beginning of that process. so. Typically, companies today are doing their budgeting on Excel, as uh, I think Matthew has uh, pointed <laughs> out. It is a very uh, go-to tool. Unfortunately, it's got huge limitations and collaboration is the biggest one, uh, or lack of collaboration. Um, typically, companies will create standard templates that they've used from years past. Maybe they'll improve them as they go send them out individually to different teams so they're not collaborating on one tool, ship them back, and then of course, as I mentioned before, once again, you've got versioning issues, I forgot something, please use this one, or please mm -hmm. use that one, and it's up to the finance team to 
combine those, put them all together and um, consolidate. Now you can imagine if you have more than say three or four departments, you know, or three yeah. or four key <clears throat> people submitting those, it becomes infinitely uh, complicated. But tools, I'd say, are primarily Excel-based, at least in my experience, unfortunately. Right. But they then the tools that we build out for our, our customers, for example, uh, certainly go a long way in uh, speeding up that process, right? And the whole cons consolidation aspect of it, especially, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody's working on the same tool. Uh, you're able to collaborate. People can see where other changes have been made in other um, relevant departments. If you have a material change in headcount, um, HR can turn around to their, say, training budget and say, well, I've, uh, I need to now mm -hmm. increase my training budget as a result of a material change in headcount. And if I can interject here, like NetSuite and Oracle, I think they've noticed that Excel is such an important part of their jobs and maybe a very hard thing to take away from people. So what they've already done to be one step ahead is provide Excel integrations between the actual planning software and Excel so that they're still able to do a lot of their things in Excel and it's connected to the planning software. So it gives them both the comfort as well as the ability to- <laughs> That's a good compromise. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? You have yeah. both of them together. So uh, I definitely think that there's added value in that. Referring to what we were talking about before, you get to keep that comfort that you're used to while also getting a better system to play around with. Yeah. yeah. But right to the point of you know how valuable Excel can still be, we we've actually built out uh, as a company a, a, an app, a NetSuite app called the that we're calling the NetSuite Data Exporter tool, which basically exports your data into Excel so that mm -hmm. you can share it with people outside of your organization if you need to. Um, and so it's, they're it's not necessarily they're not necessarily extinct. And in fact, that that app is quite popular, more popular than I thought it would be, to be honest. But um, mm -hmm. I think it's going there. Like if we had to forecast. And maybe this is more a question for you, Matthew J. But if we had to forecast the future of of technology, um, maybe even as an ERP in addressing these issues, what do you think we're looking at in five to ten years? Five to ten years is a long time. I think <laughs> it is, I, I think it's very difficult for companies to even forecast five to ten years. Um, but we are a constant changing. We're in a constant changing and technological environment right now where we see a lot of startups and fintechs coming up mm. and they're coming up with some things that we probably have never heard of before. But I think we're also maybe even hitting into closer to the artificial intelligence side. And that's what I was about to say. Maybe everything will be run by AI in five, yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Robots are going to suddenly pop up <laughs> and uh, start planning and budgeting for CFOs. We'll be replaced. There'll be four <laughs> no, robots kidding. sitting here instead of us. <laughs> before robots sitting at this table interviewing each other. Correct. <laughs> But uh, to get back to your question, what do I see within the next five, 10 years? I mean, it's heading towards something that's more artificially intelligent. But I also believe that you always need that human, human touch as well. Um, right now, what software there is in the market, nothing incorporates artificial intelligence with it. So I definitely see that there is a potential growth in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of what is there right now, I think there's already a very good solid foundation. Uh, there's great integrations that already come that function well with the softwares that exist on the market too. So you'll always be planning and budgeting with reliable data and then you'll be able to use that and hopefully those geniuses, Steve Jobs out there, will be able to develop something to help forecast and leverage that information that exists. 
I mean, you know, speaking of the future and speculating a little, I think we're also looking at a bit of a generational shift where, you know, every every generation that hits the market becomes a little less reactive and a little bit more proactive. And I think, you know, we could probably see software adapting towards that, where the more the more we evolve in every decade or so, technology drastically changes, right? To, to us, spreadsheets might sort of seem prehistoric, but I, I can imagine that back, back in the day, uh, the latest technology was using massive ledgers, right? right. So it's, it's still an upgrade. And I, I think that's, that's the future, right? Every, every generation will have a newer and easier technology to work with until we're replaced by robots. <laughs> and I yeah. think AI does definitely have a role to play in this process. I mean, the first question that people ask when they start their budgeting process is, what did I do last year? Or yeah. what has happened over the last few years? And certainly you have technology that could certainly extract that kind of information yeah. and have a great starting point for to project into the future. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, sorry to cut the episode short. However, we want to live up to our slogan, episodes only as short as your coffee break and i'm almost done mine over here so i'm watching for the episode and we have a lot of great content for you guys uh, you can expect a part two coming out very soon in the next few weeks in the meantime i'm sitting here uh minus one john sereno my co-host he's actually in washington dc right now for boomy world for those of you that don't know uh boomy world is the the world's largest del boomy event um, it's sort of like Sweet World for everything Boomi. Del Boomi is a partner of NetSuite and one of the leading integration platforms across the tech industry. So the event is actually great for anyone in the world of tech, anyone in business really that wants to learn about the best ways to integrate their different platforms for business success. If you're interested in learning more or even attending next year, you can find a link in the description below. In the meantime, let, it, let us know what you think of this episode in the comments and be sure to tune in next time. Signing off. Have a great one, guys.